this is Jude Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU by NKU to highlight the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. Joining me is my co-host Clayton Castle. Today, we're in conversation with Dr. Burke Miller about President's Day, which takes place this coming Monday, February 20th. Dr. Miller is the chair of NKU's Department of History and the director of the College of Education's Social Studies program. He has taught classes at NKU like History of the United States, History in Film, and History through Popular Music. Dr. Miller, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You know, we talked a little bit before the podcast, or before you came in, uh, about um, you're one of my gen ed professors when I was <laughs> when I was a student, and there aren't a lot of gen ed professors that I, I remember. But because I'm a history nerd, and you're such an awesome professor, um, as soon as we decided to do a President's Day podcast, I was like, we have to have doc- uh, we had to have Burke Miller on. So thank you again for doing this. Um, so let's get right into it. Why do we have a President's Day in the first place? Well, I appreciate you having me. I also kind of wondered when you contacted me what short straw I had done, because this <laughs> this must be the most confusing holiday of any federal holiday. So the first question I would ask about why we have, I would ask the question back is, what even is this holiday called? President's Day? Well, yes, unless you go to Washington, D.C., and you actually look in the records, you know what it's called? It's called Washington's Birthday mm. at federal. Now, most people don't realize that that federal holidays apply to, to obviously federal offices. States can pick and choose whether they follow them or not. For example, President's Day is not a holiday in Kentucky. It is in Ohio. In Ohio, it's had multiple names, though. Now it's President's Day. For a long time, it was Washington and Lincoln Day. Before that, it was just Washington's birthday. But you can go through a list of what different states titles different states use. There is President's Day, President apostrophe S, Presidents with an S apostrophe, <laughs> Presidents with no apostrophe, Washington's Birthday slash President's Day, Lincoln Washington President's Day, George Washington Day, Washington's Birthday, Lincoln and Washington's Birthday, Washington and Lincoln Day, <laughs> Um, Washington hyphen Lincoln Day, Washington and Lincoln's birthday, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson birthday, George Washington and Daisy Bates Day. (laughs) Those are all official names in different states for the same holiday we're talking about. And so I think part of that is because it was originally... This was established before Lincoln became president, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, in early America, after the American Revolution, the U.S. Constitution was written, people didn't really have any idea how the country would develop. Yeah. You know, we're creating everything from scratch. And there was this fear that America was going to fall apart. Uh, The old social structure had been, had sort of was disappearing. And we like to say we don't have social classes in this country. And people weren't sure exactly what would happen. So in this country, we got this sort of veneration of Washington that started building. Mm -hmm. And it started building with his death, uh, 1800. And people just started going crazy for him, you know. And so like um, later when they build the Capitol building up in the, uh, up in the dome, you get the fresco that's um, part of it's the uh, Washington ascending into heaven. There's a famous painting called the Apotheosis of Washington. And it's, you know, it's um, 
God sitting there on the throne, and he's bringing George Washington up to wow. sit on his right-hand side. <laughs> and so these things start appearing everywhere. And the, the thought was, the country may fall apart, so we need great leaders like George Washington. And it's also when all these myths began forming. What's the most famous myth of George Washington? Chopping down the cherry tree. <laughs> That's exactly right. Where do we get that story? Get that from a book by uh, Mason Locke Weems, who was writing books because he was a minister, wasn't making enough money, decided, you know what, I know how I can make some more money. I'm going to write about George Washington, who everyone's loves so much now, who's just passed away, and I'm going to make him very virtuous, and I'm going to play up how virtuous, and how he's a model for our country, and I'm going to write it in a language, not for, for college-educated people to read, but for everyone to read. Mm -hmm. And that's where he got this story of Washington chopping down the cherry tree. He said in the book, a little old lady who took care of George Washington when he was a child once told me this story. <laughs> and that little old lady's name was Mason Weems. <laughs> so he makes it up. But it sold like crazy because people wanted to have faith that America was going to be okay. And Washington's the famous example. Um, if, have either of you ever seen the movie Gladiator? Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I tell students, look for the five minutes in the movie when someone's not being killed, because there's only a couple of short, short bursts like that. And one of them was, is when they're in the tent. And Marcus Aurelius asked Maximus, will you please take control of Rome to save it? And it's a very a moving moment. And Maximus says, with all my heart, no. Well, that story in our times is based on George Washington, because George Washington was offered, the U.S. Army, Continental Army, offered to make George Washington king for life with no elections, no due process. You're going to be our king for life. And he said no. And when the war was over, he went to, Washington, he went to the Capitol, which was not in D.C. at the time, but he went to the Capitol and famously turned in his sword. And so... Washington had that reputation among people. And they said, we're going to, you know, he's what's great in America. And so we start to see the, the celebration of the holiday. All right. So we've talked a lot about George Washington. Now, you, he co-headlines the, uh, <laughs> he's a co-headliner of the holiday with Abraham Lincoln. Yep. So why Abraham Lincoln on this holiday? Great, great question. So the holiday didn't really become official until 1779. And there was some growing momentum for Washington. The Washington Monument um, starts, they start constructing the monument in 1848 or so. We have the Civil War. And after the Civil War, like the American Revolution and the Constitution being written, it's sort of the rebirth of the country, it's often said. And who's the man at the head of that rebirth? Abraham Lincoln. Now, it's it was kind of partisan because, you know, a lot of Americans didn't like Abraham Lincoln at the time. Remember, when he's elected president in 1860, he doesn't even receive a majority of the votes. Mm -hmm. But there was a push for veneration um, in Congress, which was controlled by the North and Republicans. And so they decide, you know, we, need, we should honor Lincoln as well. And uh, he starts popping up in um, state celebrations, obviously Illinois first, for example. Um, and then they, finally, a guy from Arkansas, I think, proposes a federal holiday 
to honor at that time just Washington, 1779, 1885. Um, it, it expands to all federal offices, but again, still just Washington Day. It's not until later that people start adding Lincoln in, but remember at the federal level, he's never been added in. But a number of states started having their own Lincoln Days, and what really changed it all was um, in the early, in the 50s and 60s, there was a push by the government to realign some of the federal holidays. And their reasoning was twofold. When holidays were in the middle of a week, businesses found that people weren't going to work, and the government found that people weren't going to work. So they came up with this plan to move a bunch of the major holidays to Mondays to give workers a three-day weekend. And so they, they switched President's Day, which used to be Washington's birthday, on uh, in February to the third Monday of each February. So when they took it off of Washington's birthday, people started thinking, well, maybe they're doing it because now they're off they, – they're looking at both Lincoln and Washington's birthday. And I think that's where the Lincoln side came into it. When they moved it off Washington's day, people started saying, well, this is really to celebrate our two great presidents, Washington and Lincoln. And in 19, uh, in the 1980s, the movement sort of switched over to almost to more of calling it President's Day to honor both Lincoln and Washington. So I actually had no idea that the movement uh, to make it both Washington and Lincoln was fairly recent. I yep. 1980s, that's, you know, for some people, that's yesterday. <laughs> well, yeah, and in the, in the 50s, the first push came in the 50s, okay? And so there was a, a senator, um, not surprisingly, from Illinois, mm -hmm. who said, let's make it Washington and Lincoln Day. You know, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln spending most of his adult life in Illinois, well, one state threw a fit about it. That was, of course, the state of Virginia, <laughs> Washington's home to, home state, because they didn't want it. They didn't. They didn't want to share the glory. So it was it was put, defeated in committee. Um, when they created the uh, Uniform Monday Holiday Act, it was brought up again. We'd like to make it Washington and Lincoln, but again, it died in committee, so it just stays Washington. But the idea kind of stuck. It is Washington and Lincoln. Do you know what really? turned the switch and made it become President's Day in our common vernacular? No idea. It's so often this way. Business. Mm, there you go. In the old days, the holiday would be on any given day and all the businesses would close along with the federal offices. Well, when the Uniform Holiday Act passed and it went to Mondays, businesses came up with this great idea. Let's put together a package of sales over the holiday weekend when people aren't working on Monday and get them to come out shopping. <laughs> so, in fact, if you Google President's Day today, the most the most popular Google searches are for President's Day. You know, not what does it mean, not what presidents we're we talking about. It's um, what's open, what offices mm -hmm. are open, and what sales, sales. are there. Yeah, yep. that's exactly right. <laughs> and that's really when it started entering in the in the common vernacular as President's Day and when most states, most states now call it President's Day. You know, we have this holiday that even though it's not officially honoring two leaders, it's unofficially honoring two leaders who, you know, served at a pivotal point in our country's history. How are these two leaders similar and, you know, how may they differ in some ways? Great question. 
I mean, why is it that the only... So Washington Day was the first federal holiday honoring a person. The, the only one to come since then was obviously the Martin Luther King Day. But yeah, why Washington and Lincoln? Why do they get so much attention? In fact, if we were to add a... Th and in most rankings of the presidents, in, in most ranking of the presidents, Washington and, and Lincoln are first and second. If you start moving down, most of the time third, it, it varies, but you'll often get FDR. So are these the three best presidents? Are they the three presidents who were in office at the time of our greatest national threats? Um, you know, Washington starting the country, establishing national authority, Lincoln reestablishing and reaffirming uh, the Union and national authority, and then FDR, World War II, and the Great Depression. So, you know, um, someone once asked, are these men, are these people great, or have they had greatness thrust upon yeah. them? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure we know the answer. What did the two men share in common? Well, I think what they both shared was a belief that of the sanctity of what we call America today, the United States today, that national authority, that we are one united country and nothing should be able to come in between that. And um, second, that freedom in whatever iteration you want to use and equality are uh, hallmarks of this country. Now, that gets a little tricky because we know Washington owned slaves. We know in the Lincoln-Douglas debates that Lincoln um, could be a little slippery on his views of race. But by and large, overall, what they, the message we get from both of them is this is one united country and it is driven by freedom and equality. And it's taken us a long time. We are still fighting that same battle, but that's the message of those two presidents. And I think that's why they have sort of re retained this position and in the national forefront. We'll leave you with one final question. Uh, it's not on our list of questions, but something that's been <laughs> percolating in my mind um, since I, we decided to have you. You know, when we talk about presidents or living figures or even dead figures, um, but figures who have had a significant impact on our country, what's the difference? How do we evaluate a president's achievements versus a president's legacy? Absolutely. Fantastic question. Um, and maybe we need to have that discussion sometime. But, you know, a great example is Andrew Jackson. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as I can tell, in among historians, he's probably the most divisive president, maybe Jefferson, but I think Jackson even more. People love him or people hate him. And the question of you're asking private versus public life. Um, the short answer is that's just now becoming an issue. It was never an issue before because people didn't know. You know, even when, as late as when Kennedy was president, um, there was sort of this agreement within the press that we will never disclose the kinds of things that presidents do. We don't even know what all sorts of things that our past presidents have done. We, there's, there's just no way for us to know. It's much tougher in the days of modern media where every, you know, virtually everything will come out. But um, the question of how do we separate those two, I, I think the only way we do that is on an individual basis. And I personally think that's why it's so history is so important, so that people can figure out themselves what the answer is and not listen to someone else tell you 
what's gone on, how do we get where we are, and what future should we take. What a great ending. Thank you, Dr. Burke Miller, for joining us on the North Up Podcast. Thank you guys very much for having me. This has been Dr. Burke Miller, Chair of the Department of History here at Northern Kentucky University. Thank you all for listening to the Northside Podcast. As always, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If we're not on there, let us know, and we'll get on there. This has been another episode of the Northside Podcast. Join us next week for an awesome new episode. And as always, remember to Northside.